Hey folks, welcome in to Pro Football Ireland, the PFI College Football Show, week 8 of the college football season, 8 weeks, 50, 57, what's 8, 7, 56 days, I want to say, already into the season, and Michael McRae, Dark Hard, and Connell Diggin as we get ready for the 8th week, and we're getting closer and closer to finding out the final seedings for the CFP playoff, but uh, first off, Mr. Carter, Looking well, looking, looking, looking well. How's the how's the Chambo going down in South Armagh? Good. All good, yeah. And well, we're gearing up for the final now on Sunday, so I'll keep my mouth shut. I'm not say too much, not spy that. We'll see how it goes. You might not hear from me next week. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most Irish thing. I'll I'll not be on this week. Um, Connell, I was saying, saying off camera, you look fresh as man. I was saying also to these boys, Connell, that. I look very old in comparison to you boys. And I actually think Dara Connell might be gone. He's still here. Oh, he's is. here. No, he's here. You good, Connell? Yes. Yes, everything's fine. Uh, I finally got to go home <laughs> for the first time in like three weeks, which was nice. Got to see the mother. Um, so that that was very nice. Uh, got a haircut as well. First thing I did when I got back home as well. Went into the barber. Had no weight in the line or anything. Perfect. Perfect weekend for me. Not, not to bring this whole conversation up, Dar, because I, I know we have to talk about football and stuff, but um, Connell mentions getting a haircut. But now, before people in the comments say to me, or people stop me in the street and say, you haven't gotten the hair, Michael. Like, Dungannon area in Tyrone, you don't have to book an appointment to get the haircut, but it seems like everywhere I go around the north especially, you have to book an appointment. Is it is this a thing for you, Dar, or is this like a... Yeah, I'd rather it that way, though, because you go in and then you'd be waiting... You know, it, it could be you could be out in ten minutes, you could be out in an hour and a half, and if the line is too long, that moment of like, okay, I have to leave here is very awkward. You know, you have to pretend you're on a phone call or something of that nature. So, no, um, I'm a big fan of the appointment based bookings, Michael. It's uh, right up my alley. There's the TikTok reel for the week. Connell, can I just ask before we move on, how much is the haircut and carry? Can I guess? It's twenty-seven euro. No, no, not even close. Not even close. Now. But it's more expensive than what it used to be. It used to be only like what I used to get. I used to get my haircut. I get the same haircut every single time, two on the sides. And then I just say cut a good bit off the top. And uh, I went in a couple of years ago before the pandemic is about 10 euro. Then it went up to about 12, which is that's still like that's amazing. And then now it's gone up to about 16. So, you know, we're getting in, like, if it ever hits the 20, that's where you might start losing me, I think, even though I, I very much trust my barber. Loving it, loving it. I, I pay £6, and I know it looks like I pay £6, but that's how much it is. Up Dungannon. Anyway, moving on to college football. Uh, very quickly, let's have a, a quick look back on last week, and Dara, can we send our thoughts and prayers to Caleb Williams? Because what the hell was that last week? What was going on there? Oh, well, it was exactly what I warned the people of it's a it's a professional uh professionally ran defense by marcus freeman we saw it in dublin and we saw it again the other night and when caleb williams is obviously he's sensational out of structure but when you have a defense that can keep him in structure as much as possible it's it's never going to end well for him and that's sort of what happened it's he's still going to be the first overall pick but i mean it was a it was a starting reminder of what could happen when he's in the NFL. I look forward to our draft debates in March slash April. And Dara, there were people talking about you in London, but the Irish guy, the, the Irish kid the that Irish uh, tweets, 
tw- tweets anything about the NFL and it pops. So you're like you're like the new year Rappaport now. Uh, Connell, Connell, my friend, um, seen something in the carry top in London on Sunday. Was there anything you'd like to talk about uh, with college football on Saturday? This week was like kind of like one of the best weeks I think we've probably ever seen. And I think I said that a couple of weeks ago as well, to be honest. But this one was like particularly like, I mean, there's a lot went on. Like Louisville were unbeaten and lost to Pitt, who have been horrible all year. They lost 44 to 6 or something like that. Uh, Arizona State beat uh, Washington State, and we're going to talk about later. Horrible game. Uh, North Carolina could actually be really good. I was a little bit uncertain about them at the start of the year, but I think they are very, very good. And I've seen talk about um, uh, of Drake May going number one overall, which I think is maybe a little bit of a, a step and an overreaction and overcorrection in one direction, but Look, and then obviously, you know, we had the Oregon game, we had the Oregon and Washington game and the Notre Dame and USC game, which, you know, basically just capped off like a great day that day. Also, one final thing, uh, Iowa are officially bowl eligible. They're six and one. Um, they don't, who says you need an offense to win games? Absolutely nobody. Connell, I have to say, man, I, I am loving this carry Wi-Fi. It, it is just sensational. I'm loving it. Um, maybe in the meantime, while I talk to Dara here, if you want to just refresh your browser and come back in again, it's fine either way. We're putting the podcast out, so don't be worrying. You're gone, but you're good. I, I we, we heard like seventy five percent of it, and we got the gist of it. So Dara, I'll start off by talking about Penn State. Seventy five percent is is good for a Kerry accent, like you know that. No, seventy five percent is as as much as anyone could pick up of a Kerry accent, but yeah, <laughs> so we're doing fine. Um. Right here, let's let's go Penn State, Ohio State. Um, well, I'll tell you what, boys. This is the game, Dar, this weekend where I genuinely have sort of marked it down going, if I get a chance to sit down on Saturday and watch this, I'll be a very happy man. Now, with a guy like myself that has his brother-in-law's wedding on Saturday, that'll be a difficult thing to do, but I'll find a way. So if there's any, you know, bars in Leitrim or castles in Leitrim that have college football on, please put on Penn State against Ohio State. Um. Saturday's matchup is is a really interesting one because like Penn State, they enter it they they enter the game undefeated, Dara. But also, you know, if they could somehow not steal, but if they took a game from Ohio State, but it's so much more than you know potentially a statement win. Like they're number one in the Big Ten in, in both rush defense and pass defense. They are number five in the country on scoring. They average forty four point three points per game. This could be a real clinker of a game on Saturday man. yeah um, it's probably Penn State's best chance to beat Ohio State in Columbus since they did 10 years ago um, obviously both teams are coming in undefeated but Penn State have looked a lot more convincing through the first month of the season uh, they're sort of firing on all cylinders I mean I guess Notre Dame or Ohio State haven't had a challenge the way Notre Dame <laughs> the way Penn State Penn State haven't been challenged overly well but Notre Dame and Ohio State that was obviously a big game so you're looking at Ohio State coming in they have proven they can beat a big team but they're a little banged up they've got um, um, they could be missing their number one cornerback in this game uh, their second wide receiver Mika Buka might not be back they tore through about three different running backs uh, I think they were on their fourth string running back last week still managed to win comfortably but they're definitely carrying some injuries uh, coming into this one. Um, I think like if you're looking at the 
the, the key to this game will be Penn State's edge rushers. Chop Robinson is the leader of that group. He'll be a guy we talk about uh, from the draft. But overall, it's a strong group from Penn State. It's where they hang their hat is on getting after the QB. Uh, Ohio State still figuring things out at that position and on offense overall. They kind of just you know throw it up to Marvin Harrison and let him do the rest. And they've, that's let them win every game by just buckets and buckets of points so it's a massive game obviously a lot of uh, the like advanced football power index things they have like ohio state number one penn state number three so maybe this game the rankings don't even do it justice maybe it's two of the top three or four best teams in college football right now which it's a not something you see often at this early stage in the year but definitely definitely a massive game for both sides Away for it on Saturday, and um, Connell, like you know, if you look at Nicholas Singleton, Ketron Allen on, on the run game, you know, collectively they're averaging around 4.4 4.5 yards per carry, and they're, they've got a really, really efficient run game. Who have you got winning this game on Saturday night? Did you have to like ask me like such a difficult question? Because I don't think I don't think anyone who says they're an expert could even tell you who's winning this game at the weekend. Um, like the the two teams they're very very well matched i mean they both have amazing defenses we don't really know how good the penn state offense really is right now just because of like they've really played anyone of a high quality but i do think defense does kind of correlate between good and bad teams so i think it'll be really interesting i mean k island is one of my favorite running backs in all the college football he just does a lot of things other people can't do they have probably the best offensive tackle as well in college football who in Oluwima Fashionu. I know I mispronounced the first name, but that's that's the best we're gonna get. And then obviously Ohio State I think could have the most draft eligible talent or some of the best draft eligible eligible talent next year as well. So it's just like you're you're splitting hairs. I don't think it'll be a very high scoring game that I have down here I don't. I think no team gets over like twenty points each in this game. Like that's how close it's going to be. That's how much of a battle it's going to be. I think I just have to give the edge to Ohio State, though. Well said. Well said, my man. Well said. Uh, that game uh, is on ESPN College Game Day this week. I'm very much looking forward to it because some of the stuff I've seen over the last couple of weeks, boys, and that is just ridiculous. And that's all I'm going to say. Does Pat McAfee ever sleep? Is the question. Ever? Uh, I think you're muted, Dara. Uh, I I, I, sorry, I meant to say, um, did you see Desmond Howard shouting a big something energy in the, the crowd <laughs> at, at Washington? I, mean, uh, I, I, I can't imagine the HR meeting on Monday morning was, was too too favorable to him after that there it was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of an omission by the whoever was drawing up that segment for espn but they, uh, listen they had their um first person like they do like a kick the field goal thing and if you make the field goal they give you x amount of money and they had their first winner this week but there was also um what we it was i think it was purdue this week missed three field purdue, goals yeah. and um they had a, like a student like kick field goals for like winning money or something and he made a 40-yard field goal and then their kicker went on to miss three field goals so just sign him up their kicker missed from like closer in than the the college student get (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh god. Um actually seeing off topic a scene, um I should probably say this and move on very swiftly because we're gonna get arguments here, but the NFL had like an international combine the other day and there was a couple of GEA players, including Nal Morgan that tried out, so maybe you might see some of them boys in football at some point. They're probably too old for college, but who knows, who knows? Maybe David Clifford might piss off so, for a couple of I mean there's there are a bunch of like Australian lads don't go over till they're like thirty, so you never know. You never know. You never know. Light the candle. Uh, Tennessee, Alabama, baby. Um, coming into week eight of the season, it's it's really you know like it's it's looking at where we go this week. And when you look at number eleven, like roll tide, Dara, and seventeen with the Vols, Tennessee seem like they're higher than seventeenth. Like I'd love to be in a meeting at the start of the week where they actually get these ratings and these rankings because it just feels like they're getting better and better each week. I mean, if Alabama's got a fantastic frontline defense going up against um, Tennessee's run game, which is averaging over two hundred odd yards a game. Um, you know, the fall secondary has honestly, like I think, surrender something like under like a hundred and eighty yards in the air on average, and Tennessee are looking to avoid falling to under 500 in the SEC and I guess that's why the ranking is like that but I feel like they're better value than 17th um, let's see what happens with, with Jimbo Fisher who have you got winning on Saturday Dara? Um, this is a really tough one to call as you said hit the nail on the head it's Tennessee are like your old school SEC and I know maybe people in Ireland haven't been watching college football that long but like old school SEC teams just pride themselves on unbelievable defence and a Russian attack and Tennessee are exactly that. They've sacked they've sacked the quarterback the most in college football right now, I believe. As you said, they have a great secondary and probably a top five Russian offense in college football right now. Um, what's interesting is I was listening to Nick Saban talk about this game. He does like a great sort of um, like Q and A podcast or not like like a live show where he like he'll just take fans phone calls and they were comparing this to that classic game we saw between Tennessee and Alabama last year and Saban kept mentioning over and over again wanting to limit big plays because that's what killed them last year was like these electric you know 50 60 yard touchdown passes and it just felt like they were happening every five or ten minutes in that game really go back and watch it if you had before if you weren't following college football last year it's one of the best games you'll ever see but um you're thinking there like if Alabama are gonna defend in you know set a lot of guys back in coverage and, and deny, deny these long passes, which will come from Joe Milton, who's got like a rocket of an arm and throw the ball 80 yards. You would think that will open up the uh, the defensive, uh, or sorry, the Russian attack to really attack that defensive line. Alabama, though, have one of the best defensive lines in college football. So that's a real like one-on-one kind of thing there where, you know, it's going to be Alabama are going to put all their faith in their defensive line to stop one of the best Russian attacks. So that's a really interesting dynamic in this one. Um, I think Alabama are favored by eight or seven points in this one. So I like Tennessee to cover that spread, but in in Tuscaloosa in Alabama, I feel like it's going to be maybe a field goal game in favor of Alabama. Roll tide, roll tide. Connell, I, don't know, I, said, I said roll tide there. My troll accent said tile. I mean roll tide. Um, Connell, like, the Vols had a bye week and they've got home field advantage. Surely any carry man would class that as a win straight up. Uh, yeah, the Crimson Tide have the home advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Why I, did I have the Vols? My bad. Yeah, yeah. And then, look, the, this team is 
it's as Dara said, like he said the that Tennessee were like an old style, you know, like good defense, good running. I mean, at this Alabama team is basically nothing right now. They'd be pretty much dead to rights in any, you know, college football playoff hopes if it weren't for their defense. They've kept them in the I don't know how many games this year. They've just like they've literally kept them just I can't even they've kept them alive is the best way I can put it they're so good they're pretty much stacked like top to bottom I mean their pass rush with Dallas Turner and Chris Barneswell is insane like those two guys are gonna go fairly maybe not first round for Barneswell but he can he can definitely get a second a second day pick but you know then Kool-Aid McKinstry obviously a cornerback as well um they just if they can find a way just to put up points on offense like if they get into the 20s i think they win this game i think they'll you know the the tennessee passing game hasn't gotten going the last few few weeks um so if if they can shut that down they should be able to um i think everything else should should fall into place for alabama especially at home awesome let's let's roll on the Duke, Florida State. Some, I have to give props to Dara for picking these games. Some some really, not just good games, Dara, but some great storylines to talk through. And, you know, Duke obviously had a huge opportunity a few weeks ago to beat Notre Dame. And frankly, they they should have talked that game, in my opinion, at one point. But obviously, Audrey Gastamay completely destroyed them when that game went in drive. And they were decent against Leonard. Uh, sorry, they were decent with how Leonard against NC State last week. I think they won like 24-7 to 7 or 24-3. But... You know, quarterback play needs to improve. The big question for me, Dara, is can Duke have the big upset this week against Florida State, who are class? Can they do it? Um, it's like I think they can. Yeah, I think Florida State are maybe slightly overhyped as this, you know, top four world beater. I think like there's a there's a tier cap between Georgia, Michigan, and then them. I think anyway, um. You know, I don't, I don't think this is like going into the Dragon's Den of, you know, a, a real dynasty team. Like, Florida State are a really, really good offense. They are. Is This is a top five offense versus a top five defense in college football right now. Um, so that's really going to be an interesting dynamic in this one. Um, it's the start of, like, a really difficult uh, month for, for Duke. They're playing at Florida State. Then they go at Louisville and at Uni- uh, University of North Carolina. That's three teams that have all had really, really strong starts to their year. Um, they are allowing less than 10 points per game. Florida State have scored 30-plus in every single game, so something has to give on that dynamic. Um, we've got a new Connell <laughs> just, just dropped. <laughs> um, uh, oh, my God, that was genius. Yeah. Um, so, look, like, this is a game where um, I want to watch out for uh, Trey Freeman. He's a linebacker for Dukies. Uh Richard sophomore so he he is draft eligible and he would be really young he'd be 20 21 years of age he's had like a real breakout season i think he had 15 tackles and an interception last week against nc state so like he's off to a really really hot start he is the catalyst of that defense that's holding offenses at 10 points per game so all the focus is on that side of the ball um i I think it could go either way in terms of the, the Duke offense and the Florida State defense. Still a lot of unknowns there about the quarterback and, and just their overall attack in general. And Connell, Duke have literally held their last three opponents 
in the last three weeks to zero passing touchdowns, including Notre Dame. They kept NC State out of the red or out, out of the end zone for the entire game when they played them a few weeks ago. Surely that has to give them confidence going into this week. Surely. Uh, yeah. Like I think they'll they'll feel confident against Florida State, but especially you know going back a couple of weeks when you're looking at the results they had against uh, Boston College and. Clemson where you know those games were closer than probably would have thought Florida State would have wanted but then coming into this I mean Duke were without like the guy who is their offense in Riley Leonard last week they they held up but it wasn't you know it, it it's not wasn't super convincing is the best way to put it and I just think with how good Florida State's defense is as well this year and just how the offense just keeps taking over and they have so many weapons as well it just it in my mind just puts them well ahead and I think you know you look at the rest of their schedule this year it's not the most difficult so even though Dara is probably right in saying they're, they aren't like a second tier below they probably do still make the playoff just because of you know them having such a, a easy second half to the year maybe a more difficult first half of the year yes sir yes sir let's see what happens this weekend let's look at the last game we're going to talk about this week Utah and I know there was an extra we should have talked about, Dar. I know I've already forgot about that. And I think you were telling us, don't tell me what it was. Well, you were saying if we get more time, maybe talk about Washington State, Oregon. Yeah, but Washington State, State also lost by like 40 was, points last 40, week to a bad team. So. Yeah, so we'll we'll just we'll let them rot in hell and we'll just talk about Utah. And rot, yeah. <laughs> well, we've at least mentioned it, so it's all good. Um, USC 6 and 1, U- the Utah Utes. What the hell's their nicknames at? Anyway, five and one. Uh, looking forward to this game. Utah are seven point underdogs going into this game. The over and under is fifty five and a half. But after the week Dar that USC had in um, South Bend against Notre Dame and, and the way that that ended up, Utah are sitting fifth in the US or in the country regarding team defense. They have only given up an average of twelve point two points per game. The opposition. Um, that's there is you know looking at I think it's two point five average yards per run. You're going to have Caleb Williams that's going to be dying to get back into it and show people that that was just a fluke of a result last week. There's a lot of storylines to this game. Never mind the fact that you know like I've said about Williams, but when you look at Marshawn Lloyd as well and, and that run game, it's there's so much on there's so much on the option for both these teams going in this week. Yeah, um, this is like a massive game for USC. I think it's sort of flying under the radar in terms of like, a, I mean, it's the fourth game we've talked about here, but for USC who came into the year with legitimate playoff aspirations, I think this game could be the difference in, you know, one loss, Pac-12 champion ranked fourth and in the playoff. And on the other end of the spectrum, they could have four losses by next month. Like similar to Duke that we talked about earlier, like after this game, they have to go and play both Oregon and Washington, which, I mean, if they were to lose this one, that would have them at two losses following off their loss last week. And then, like, I mean, if you've lost East, if you lost to Notre Dame and Duke, you're lo- lost to Notre Dame and Utah, you are losing to Oregon and Washington. Like, that's just like, going to be a given. So, this is like a massive, like, potential pivot point in their season. If they do get back on track, you're looking at a team that says, well, I mean, we still haven't lost in the conference. We're still in pole position to play in the Pac-12 championship team. So massive, massive, everything on the line here. 
Um, it's going to come down to Caleb Williams, as does every USC game. Uh, Utah feel that they can get pressure on him the same way Notre Dame did last weekend. And it's again, it's all about what Williams does when he's scrambling around like a headless chicken and finds someone 54 yards down the field and puts it perfectly in his chest. It's something that only he can do. And when he doesn't do it, it gets really ugly really fast because, truth be told, USC have a bad defense and they like don't offer an awful lot in terms of skill position players or a run game to complement Caleb Williams. So really interested to see what happens in this one. Utah aren't the best team, but they definitely have sort of the tools to beat USC the same way Notre Dame did. So I like I was surprised to see USC favored by a touchdown in this one. I get though they are at home, so interested to see. I'm going with the upset though. I think you could tell that by the way I was talking. I think USC lose this game and go to two losses on the year. Can you imagine Connolly internet if USC lose again? And who knows what manner they lose. And if Caleb Williams has another poor game, do you think it doesn't matter anymore? Like, I mean, Dara said it at the start of the show, Connell, but he would need to have a disaster of a like the, the rest of the season not to go top one, top two, top three. I don't know why I said top one there. I mean, even he might not even need to play the rest of the season. I mean, Trey Lance got drafted like third overall based on what people thought he could be. And we kind of saw how that, that has worked out so far. But this this should be... In a way, what what did you say? I think you said the over under on this game was like fifty five and a half. I probably fifty five. Yeah, yeah I take the under on that. I just think, you know, this is kind of one of those games where either holds USC to no points basically, and like they win, or USC has a day on defense where just because Utah can't get going because it's not without Cam rising, this offense has not been anywhere near as good and it is like they live and die by their defense so far this year so it, it's a case that's basically the case for this game um i definitely take the under if you if you are a, a betting man uh but i do think um i think usc get out of this like they're i know they're like basically everything went wrong for them last week um but i also think lincoln riley will come into this being like things need to change, like, we'll sort everything out, like, that, he, I think he has to put some of the blame on himself, because he did, like, construct this team, like, that's how it works if you're a college head coach, and I think he'll understand, especially in the next year or two, like, offense, offense wins games, but, you know, defense wins championships, as, as the saying goes. Yes, sir. Uh, just before we go this week, just to mention on certain games, Michigan Michigan ranked number two, playing Michigan State. Uh, we've talked about Florida State against Duke, but LSU, you've got the Army. LSU are ranked 19th. Tulane, North Texas, Air Force, Navy. Uh, have we missed anything else? Washington, Arizona State, Washington, fifth in the country. Uh, Stanford, UCLA, 3.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We're all set up. Yeah. I love twenty five in the morning. I'll be there. To be fair, Stanford came back from twenty nine points down last week, and one of their receivers had like what was it like nearly three hundred yards? So yeah, yeah, and yeah, seeing that way. Let's see, let's see. Uh, folks, just thanks again for everyone for their fantastic support of this of this podcast, and we massively appreciate it, lads. I it's one of the highlights of my week speaking to you boys, and uh, I I love the Sunday afternoon texts. What are we talking about tomorrow? or Tuesday I, I love it we're we're flying on we're, you know we're, we're almost there we've got I think five weeks left of this before we get to 
bowl game. I'm still putting the offer there for anyone watching this. They want to sponsor us to get to a bowl game. We'll certainly make it work. But for now, Michael McQuaid, Dark Harder, Colin Diggin. Enjoy week eight of the college football season, and we will chat to you soon. Slon, the fuck.